Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. got a praise in their spirit. I feel like somebody's still got a praise in their spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. about the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. And as you're turning there, as they're preparing the screen, I want to give one more um, promotion to the worship night tonight at 6 o'clock. Come early. Come expecting. I believe it's going to be a great night. um, It's one of those things that God kind of put in, in my spirit as well as some other leaders in the church, and whenever that happens, I act on it because I realize that oftentimes when God is speaking, He tells multiple people the same thing so He can get His point across, and I just believe that tonight is going to be a divinely appointed, refreshing, uh, reviving night. Kind of the genesis of it was a prayer night that the prayer team led a few months ago. And I had kind of had this idea of a joint worship service. 
Um, we've been doing 9 and 11 for over a year now. And I, w- I love to just see the whole church family come together in the evening. Uh, and I wanted just an unscripted service because as a result of 2020, everything was mechanical. Everything was, what's the word I'm looking for? Programmed. We were trying to get you in, get you out, get somebody else in. We were doing three services for about six months last year. And I had it in my spirit that there was liberty of the spirit that was lost with that mechanical come in this way, go out that way. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. And I had it in my spirit to just have an unscripted service where God has his way. And what happened was we had a prayer night, Friday night, uh, one Friday a month we have prayer night in here. The prayer team leads it, but everybody's welcome. And it was a tremendous prayer night. I mean, the power of God really fell. There was no preaching. There was nobody on the piano. There was just, it, it was just a power, a presence of God from prayer. And the, the youth came back from a trip. Do I have Nate in here? I don't know if he stepped out. Oh, we got, of course. Sorry, Nate. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah, sorry, Nate. And, and, the, and they brought the teenagers back from something. And I mean, people were just worshiping. There was just a spontaneous eruption of praise. And I think the Lord just must have moved on Nate. He goes up to the keys, starts playing something. I think Cecily grabbed a microphone. Somebody else started singing. And all of a sudden, the power of God just fell in a really tremendous way. There was a part two, there was a prayer meeting 2.0 for like the next 30 or 40 minutes. And from there, some of the prayer team, Vanessa and others, said, we've got to have a night where we just, we fuse that worship and prayer together. And so that's kind of the, what this is born out of. We're going to have, uh, we're prepared, we're planned. The worship team has songs they're going to go into. We have people that are ready to pray, ready to exhort, ready to encourage you. But we're just going to let God have his way. I, I, uh, I don't know exactly um, uh, everything that will happen, but I just want it to be something where the Lord has his way. We haven't had Sunday night church here since uh, May of 2007. And so uh, I just think it's going to be fun to have Sunday night church. So I'd love for you to come back. Amen, amen, amen. Love for you to come back. Go uh, eat eat uh, whatever's in the crock pot and all that good stuff, take a nap, come back, and uh, I believe it'll be uh, a blessing. Um, I, I was even telling the worship team and the prayer team, you know, we, as uh, a lid will always be set, a leader will usually set a bar and nobody will go beyond that. And so I was telling our prayer team and worship team and our dream team, and I'll just tell the church that somebody's going to set the bar tonight for worship. The Bible says that he is great and he's worthy to be praised, greatly to be praised, and that we ought to praise him according to his excellent greatness. And so I just, I want to, I, I told the worship team, I said, bring your clap, even if you're not even up here, like if you're in the audience tonight, bring your clap, bring your shout, bring your dance, bring a jump, bring a tambourine if you got it, just bring your worship and, and somebody's going to set the bar up here. And other people are going to follow up. I don't know. I was thinking of Abraham. Abraham jumps a lot higher than me, Abraham. I love coming in here, seeing Abraham in the second service, in the first service this morning. Just leaping in the front. Just the, just the joy of the Lord on him. 
I think he can dunk. I don't know. But like, I can't jump that high, but he's setting the bar way up here. I can't jump up there, but I'm going to jump. I'm going to shout. I want somebody to bring their worship, bring their praise tonight. I believe it's going to. Sorry to point you out, Abraham. You can be mad at me afterwards. Quickly, quickly, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That word is, is, is the spiritual realm. This is a battle that's being fought in the spiritual realm. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil, not if, comes to you, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, just keep on standing. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, this is what I'm going to talk about today, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, verse 18, and pray in uh, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. Prayer is praying in the Holy Spirit there. Say hello to somebody next to you. God bless you. You can be seated. I know there was a lot of verses there. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So it's a revival month, a summer revival. I love this time. I feel like it's been refreshing. I enjoy it. I, um, I've been studying these, this passage for a couple months and I, I, I want to get it down deep in your spirit today that uh, we don't fight spiritual battles, but they are natural. Or we don't fight natural battles, but they are spiritual. And so I don't use natural weapons, but I use spiritual weapons. And I want you to know that no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the battle, you do not have to lose ground. No matter what you go through, you don't have to lose your prayer life. No matter what you go through, you don't have to lose love joy, peace, salvation, righteousness. You don't have to lose none of that. You don't have to lose ground. You don't have to turn and run. But I stand firm in the armor that God has given me. And today we'll see that God has given us weapons as well for when that battle comes against us, we stand firm against all the attacks of the enemy, but then I can run him off with the weapons that God has given me. I think it's important to understand because when you go through a battle and when you go through things, it's not time to lay your weapons down or take your armor off. I need to hold on to my faith even more. I need to hold on to righteousness even more. When I'm fighting things, it's not the, that's not the weekend to go to the beach. That's the weekend to be in the house of God. Because I need worship. I need the word. I need faith. I need to pray in the Holy Ghost. I need righteousness. I need a brother. I need a sister. I've got to fight this battle with, natural, with spiritual weapons, not with natural weapons. And so in even that day of evil comes, God has equipped you with everything he's given us. Uh, five pieces of armor and one weapon in addition to praying in the Holy Ghost. And today I want to look at the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. So I'll dive right in and tell you today that the shield of faith blocks every weapon that is formed against you. 
The shield of faith blocks every weapon that is formed against you. I want to tell you today that the enemy is forming a weapon against you. Turn to your neighbor and say, against you. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you too. Isaiah 54 and 17 says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Now before we shout about the weapon formed against me not being successful, let's stop and realize that the enemy is forming a weapon against you, against your neighbor, against your wife, against your husband, against your children, and against you. That word in the Hebrew formed is the same word that they would use for tailoring clothes. Meaning the devil, I want to say it this way today, the devil is sizing you up. Tell your neighbor, the devil is sizing you up. Remember that boy that was possessed by the evil spirits? And the father brought the boy as a child to Jesus and said, My son is possessed with many devils. Can you please cast these demons out of him? That means that the enemy has been after you your whole life. He knows your past. He knows your family. He knows your family history. He knows your weaknesses. He knows every battle you lost. He knows your appetites. He knows what you lust after. He knows traps you'll fall into. He knows traps you won't fall into. He knows what discourages you. He knows what gets you down. He knows what makes you want to give up. He knows your weak spots, and he is custom forming a weapon to defeat you. He is roaming around seeking whom he might be able to devour. He's forming a weapon against you. Now, it's not the same weapon he's forming against me. And the weapon he's forming against me is not the weapon he's forming against you. Because you have a different history than I have. You have different weak points than I have. But he knows the weak points because he's been after you since you were a child. And it's a custom-formed weapon that he's using to attack you. Ephesians 6 and 16 says, take up the shield of faith by which you can extinguish all, Ephesians 6, 16, which you can extinguish all the fiery, the flaming arrows of the wicked. We have Ephesians 6 and 16 there. This is amazing to me. There it is. Extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. This is amazing to me because in the Greek language, the word for shield is door. And it stopped me for a second because I thought, well, maybe the translators mixed something up. But as I dug into it, I realized that the Roman army had two different shields. They had the one round shield that went from their knuckles to their elbow, the round one that probably you're picturing when you picture battles of antiquity. But there was another shield that was the size of a door. And if you think in your mind, you've probably seen that one. It was the height of a man. It was the size of a door. It was a huge rectangle. And it was actually measured and it was custom cast for that particular soldier. 
Just like the shoes were custom made that we saw last week where they would step onto that piece of leather and the craftsman would cut around their foot, put the spikes on the bottom. It was, cust- it was, the, it was their feet shodded. It was, it was custom made for them. In the same way, This shield was cast for an individual so that that handle would be where his arm was and that it wouldn't drag the ground, but that it would still be tall enough to cover his head, but that it would also be wide enough to cover him from shoulder to shoulder. They would measure the man and cut that shield for him alone. So there was a custom-made measured shield for each and every warrior. It reminds me of Romans where it said that God has given you a measure of faith. It's a shield of faith. And God has given a measure of faith to you. Now I've heard it preached that everybody starts out with just this little measure of faith. I don't think that's what it is. It's he's measuring out the amount of faith that you need because that's the God that we serve. In the wilderness, God would give enough manna for that tent and for that family. They got three kids. They get this much manna. God bless them with seven kids. They get this much manna. This guy eats a lot. He gets this much manna. God knows what you need before you have need of it. That's why he measured the right measure of faith for you. God knows the struggle that you have. God knows the history of your life. God knows the people in your life. He knows the challenges you'll face. The temptations that will come your way. He knows your past, your present, your future. He knows your assignment, your calling, your purpose. And he has given you a perfectly tailored, perfectly measured shield of faith for your life, your journey, your salvation, your family. God has measured it for your battle, your enemy, your fight. The enemy might have formed a weapon against you. But God has formed a shield to put out every fiery dart of the wicked. A shield of faith. A measure of faith. Here's what that means. It means you have enough faith to do everything God called you to do. That's why I don't fall into a trap of comparison. That's his calling. This is my calling. David asked the Lord, why are they on the other side of the mountain climbing up so high and my foot well nigh slips? The King James said, my foot's slipping and they're on the other side of the mountain climbing up high. It's easy to look at somebody else and ask God, why are they ahead of me in this area or that area? And why has God blessed them in such a way or that way? Because it's all about assignment, calling and purpose. They're called to climb that mountain. I'm called to climb this mountain. The very same person might be looking at you and saying, why are they ahead of me in this area? Why are they more blessed than I in that area? Why is their grass greener there than my grass is greener here? 
Your front yard's greener. His backyard's greener. It's all about calling, assignment, and purpose. I'm not called to what you're called to. My assignment is not your assignment. You're not called to what I'm called to. Your assignment is not my assignment. So I'm not comparing. I'm not contrasting. I'm not competing against anybody else. But I'm pressing toward my finish line. I'm pressing toward the mark and the high calling of God. And if I'll serve him, someday Jesus will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You fought the good fight. You kept the faith. And now there is stored up a crown of righteousness. That's what it's all about. God has given me a measure of faith to do what he's called me to do. God has given me a measure of faith to accomplish the assignment that he has for me. And so I want you to hear it today in your season, in your struggle, in your family, in your marriage, in your business, in that temptation that comes against you, in that battle that you're fighting, in that devil that won't leave you alone, in that trap you are trying to get out of. God has a custom made shield for you to block everything that is coming against you. And so that weapon, why won't it prosper? Because even though the devil formed a weapon against me, God has raised up a shield to block everything that comes against me. Oh, somebody ought to say amen right there. I want to build your faith today because it's faith that blocks what the enemy's trying to do in your life. I, uh, I remember when Christina and I were starting out in ministry, um, I would preach at other churches, and um, they didn't buy plane tickets for me. It was like, you know, drive your car over here, and we got a little youth rally. There's six kids there, so come on over. And it was a blessing, and it was a blessing. But that was uh, how we started out in ministry, and, and I... Um, and I remember uh, one night we were driving home, and I said to my wife, I said, well, how would you think it went? We're just driving home. It's 1 a.m. We're driving home from somewhere. And uh, she said, it's, it's okay. I said, what? Did I go too long? Like, was it too short? Did I not do the altar call right? Was, was I off somehow? What, what happened? No, it's just, you, you just always preach faith. You know, it's just, that's just what you preach. It's just, it's, you just... I just, I've heard that before, you know, it's just, I heard that before. I was like, well, I guess you're right. I started thinking, I had like five sermons back then, right? Like, that one's on faith. Yeah, that one's on faith. Yeah, that one, okay. <laughs> I don't have one on, yeah, that one's on faith too. Okay, honey, you're right. And I'm guilty as charged. I'm a faith preacher. But I want to tell you that Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it's impossible it's impossible to please God. And we know with faith, all things are possible. So faith, the measure of faith that God has given you changes everything from being impossible to everything being possible. For he that comes to God must believe that he is 
and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith 101 is believing that he is. You must believe that he is. Now, that might sound elementary, but in our world today, we ought to establish some things about God. I believe in God. You say, I hope so. You're up there preaching. But I just want to say, I want to go on record. I believe in God. Moses said, God said to Moses, I am. You've got to believe that he is, that he exists. He's saying, I am. I exist. Don't criticize my English. I is. I am. You've got to believe that he is. You've got to believe that he exists. I don't just believe in a higher power. I don't just believe in a source. I don't just believe in an energy. I don't just believe in the man upstairs. I don't believe in Mother Nature. I believe that God is uncreated. He exists all by himself. There is none like him. There is none beside him. He is eternal. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He's the I am that is the I am. He's the God of this Bible. He wrote this book. Not the men who wrote it on paper, but the God who spoke it from heaven. And I believe his name. I believe he has a name that is above every name. His name is Jesus. Jesus is on the throne. And I believe someday you'll see the scars in his hands. I believe you'll see the scar on his side. And on that day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I believe that God is. I wonder if somebody say amen. I believe he is. I believe he is. And his kingdom shall have no end. But to verse 6, it said you got to believe he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you've got to believe two things. Faith 101 is I believe that he is. Faith 201 is I believe he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I believe it matters how you live. I believe it matters how you, what you do. And I believe that God rewards righteousness. And, and so I believe in God and I believe God is good. I believe in God, and I believe God is good. And if you believe those two things, that shield of faith will block everything that the enemy shoots at you. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. It's simple, but have faith in God. But Jesus, what about my struggle? Have faith in God. Why? Because it blocks the struggle. But what about my battle? Have faith in God. But what about the sickness that's going on? Have faith in God. But what about all the craziness going on around me? Have faith in God. What about my spouse? Have faith in God. What about my children? Have faith in God. What about my business? Have faith in God. What about food on my table? Have faith in God. 
And somebody will say, how can you trust God in all of this? Because I believe in him and I believe he's a good God. I've seen people trust God in the face of cancer. I've seen God's people trust him in the face of tragedy, setback, financial loss, troubling times, terminal illness. How? Because they believed in God and they believe he's a good God. Somebody ought to get that down deep in their spirit today. Rise up and say, if God is for me. Who can be against me? I believe in him. I believe he's a good God. And if God is for me, who could be against me? That's what blocks all the arrows of the enemy. Got an imaginary shield here. I should have brought one from the kids' ministry or something. Here's how this works. When you're under attack, the fiery darts are raining down on you. And when you're in that day, this passage talks about lifting up a shield and taking cover. Here's the thing about the shield of faith. It covers you when you're under attack and you cannot see. So while I'm under attack, how, how, many, would, how many would say this is how I felt? When I was under attack, I don't see how I'm going to win this. I'm under attack. I don't see the battle line. I don't see how this is all going to work out. I don't see how many arrows are left in the enemy's quiver. I don't see how we can win this. I don't see how I'm going to get through this. I don't see how many giants are left. I don't see how big the walls are or if they've fallen yet. I'm just holding my shield of faith. But even though I don't see it, faith has eyes. Hebrews 11 and 1 said, faith is the evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith has eyes when I don't see. And so when I have faith... I don't have to see. When I have faith, I don't have to see how it's all going to work out. When I have faith, I don't have to see how it's all going to get the victory or how many arrows are left or how many giants are coming at me or whether the walls have fallen yet. My faith is the evidence of the victory. My faith is the evidence of things not seen. That is what blocks everything the enemy brings against me is because that faith right there is evidence all on its own. Another thing I want to tell you, one last thing about this shield, is this shield was made of a thin piece of metal. Because if it was metal all the way through from a man's head to the man's feet, it would be too heavy. So they cast a very thin piece of metal, and then they would wrap it in leather, several layers of leather. And here's what I love about this. Before the battle, they would take this shield, and they would go and dip it in a river or a body of water so that it was soaking wet. Because it was a very common tactic in that day that they would light their arrows on fire. They were fiery darts, fi flaming arrows. They would light their arrows on fire and they would shoot them over the battle line and rain them down on the enemy. Because even if they were able to block the arrow with their shield, the arrow would hit the field, hit the grass, 
They probably hadn't cut the grass that week. It's probably pretty high in that battlefield. And when the flaming arrow hits that field of hay or of grass, all of a sudden it ignites and they have to flee. They have to run from the flames. And so they got smart and they would dip that shield in the water. And so then that way... When the arrow came, not only would they block it out, but it would extinguish the fire and put the fire out. And I was reminded in my study this week that when Jesus talked about living water and talked about rivers of living water. It said, this spoke he of the Holy Spirit, which had not been given yet. Can I just tell you that with your shield of faith and the power of the Holy Spirit, that you don't have to run from anything, that you don't have to retreat, that you can take cover under that shield of faith and the power of the Holy Spirit will put out everything that comes against you. I just want to remind somebody today, this is how I fight my battles. Second thing here is that, and I only got two today, sword of the spirit drives away every enemy. Up to this point, we've only defended. Up to this point, we've stood our ground. Up to this point, we withstood the attack. But now with the sword of the spirit, This is when we drive the enemy away. See, up to this point, I had the helmet of salvation on when something came against my head. I I had the breastplate of righteousness when when somebody swung a sword at my my torso. I, I had my heels dug in like we were talking about last week with the cleats, with those spikes into the ground so that I'm standing in peace even though everything around me is rocking and shaking. I'm dug in and I'm, and I'm walking in peace no matter what I'm walking through. And with that shield, I'm extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy. I've, and at this point, I've taken everything the enemy has to give and, I, and, and I'm still standing. They gave me, give me the best shots you got and I'm still standing. And now I'm taking the sword out of the holster because I took everything the enemy had to throw at me. And this is where I really get the victory because this is where I pull out the offensive weapon. And it said in verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this word, word here in the Greek is rhema. Everybody say rhema. When you see word in the Bible, uh, when you see word in the Bible, it's either going to come from two Greek words. It will either be logos or it will be rhema. Logos, this is just a side point, logos is where we get the word logic from. It is the meaning, the origination, the idea. That's logos. That's the mind, the intent, the origination. It's, it's the whole point. That's what it is. It's the logic. It's what, it's what makes it all work. When John describes Jesus in John chapter 1 and says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, he used the Greek word logos, meaning Jesus is the meaning, he's the logic, he's the plan of heaven, he makes everything make sense, he's the mind, the plan, the intent from the beginning, the purpose of existence, the original intent. So I'll just tell somebody today, if life, when life doesn't make sense, or if life doesn't make sense, you need the logos of Jesus Christ. 
You need the logic of Jesus Christ and all of a sudden everything in your life will fall into place and begin to make sense. But I went on to say all that to say that the sword of the Spirit is not logic. It's not logos. It's a rhema word. Are you still with me? Because i got to set this up. So when we fight the enemy with the sword of the Spirit, it's not logic, it's rhema. It's not logos, it's rhema. Rhema, this is what rhema means, it means a word spoken by a living voice. Right now. A living voice. I like to say it's the right word at the right time. It's a fresh word. I like to say rhema is for right now. Tell somebody, I just, I feel like in this revival, I'm just having y'all talk back to me. Tell your neighbor, Rhema is for right now. Now, we know the word of God is typified by bread, but Rhema is typified by manna because manna is right now. It's ready right now. Manna was no good tomorrow. It had to be eaten right now. The Rhema word is like manna because it's from heaven, a living voice right now. And it's meant for you right here, right now, right then. And so you act on it right now, right then, right here. It's hot, it's ready, right now, little Caesars, that's rhema. It's hot and it's ready. I guess nobody goes to little Caesars. Y'all are too fancy for Little Caesars. Rhema is hot and it's ready. Jesus said, get in the pool of Siloam right now and you'll be healed. It's a right now word. If you wait till tomorrow, you won't get your healing in the pool of Siloam. Step into that pool right now and you'll be healed. Rhema is a right now word right here for you for right now, act on it right now. That's a rhema word. Because he wouldn't have got healed if he sat there and thought about it for three days. Rhema is right now. The window of that miracle would have been closed if he didn't step into the water right here, right now. Take up your bed and walk. That healing word was for right there, right now. If he would have laid there until next Friday, the, heal, the miracle would have been, the window on that miracle would have been closed. It was a rhema word good for right here and right now. That's why when the word of God is preached and there's an altar call and the preacher is saying, come on, right now, come right now, right now. Because conviction of the Holy Spirit is on you right now. And if you wait and think about it and say, ah, I know I need to get it and I'm going to do it in my prayer closet tomorrow morning. No. You walked out of the presence of God. You walked out of the conviction of God. You walked away from the rhema word that God had for you. Do it right now. It's a word from heaven. Do it right now. It ain't Satan telling you to go to the altar. It's a word from heaven. It's not hell telling you to pray with somebody else. It's a word from heaven. It's a rhema word. Right here, right now. Jesus said it this way in Mark 13, 11. He, this Mark 13, 11 here is, is powerful. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, don't worry beforehand 
or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given to you in that hour, the rhema word for that hour, the rhema word for that battle, the rhema word for that devil, the rhema word for that day, the rhema word for that trial, the rhema word for that test. Speak that, for it is not you who speak, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's a word from heaven. It's a rhema word. God has a rhema word for you to defeat every devil from hell, every temptation, every trap, every trial, every accusation to set you free. And God will give you a rhema word in that moment. I told you on week one that Satan doesn't cause circumstance as much as he speaks into circumstance. He is a liar and the father of lies. And when he speaks, you need a faith phrase. You need a rhema word. You need a scripture. You need a right word at the right time. You need a promise of God. We talk about praise phrases around here. Not just to rile you all up. That's not what it's about. It's about Tuesday. When the battle comes, you've got a praise phrase in your heart from Sunday. That, that, what was that song we were just singing? Jesus, Jesus, name above all names. It, it, you need to have that praise phrase in your spirit. That's why David said, I've hidden your word in my heart. Because I need a praise for, I need a rhema word. I, I need that word. Jesus told his disciples about that offensive weapon because it's the weapon that he used against the temptation. Jesus was in the wilderness for a 40-day fast to begin his public ministry. And Jesus comes, uh, the Satan comes against Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 3. I'll read it there. It says, Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Now that's tempting if you are Jesus. Because you know you can do that. And he was hungry. How many of you ever been on a fast before and were hungry? 21 days of prayer and fasting. What if you were Jesus and you could turn whatever into whatever? <laughs> it was a temptation. But Jesus had a rhema word from heaven. Verse 4, he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God has given me a word for right now. The Bible said that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit to be on that fast. So God had, there was a, a, a the Holy Spirit had led Jesus to be on this fast. And so he has a word here from heaven. And, and, and what, a, what, a, what a clever rhema word that it actually was. You're tempting me with natural bread because I'm physically hungry. But the rhema word, the word of God says, I don't just live on physical bread. I need spiritual bread too. And right now my spirit is full even though my stomach is empty. But I'd rather have my spirit full than my stomach empty. And have my stomach empty. Oh, what a clever rhema word that was. And so Satan, brought, he's just saying, thank you very much, I'm good. 
And Satan brought three specific attacks to Jesus. The first one there aimed at him eating food and breaking the fast. But each time Jesus had a rhema word and said, no, 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 Satan, it is written. And I just tell you, if Jesus overcame temptation by the word, I believe we ought to come over to overcome temptation by the word of God. It's a rhema word. And so Jesus withstood the attack and he went on the offensive. And after that third attack, and the, uh, the, third, it was, uh, the third time here was in verse number 9. He said to him, all these things I'll give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus says to him, away with you, Satan. I'm in verse 9, 10, verse 10 now. Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Verse 11, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Amen. Music come, I'm coming to a close. I want you to know that Jesus, in that temptation, he withstood everything that the devil had to bring against him. And Jesus has equipped you with the battle armor to withstand everything that the devil brings at you. He withstood the enemy, and then he went on the offensive with the word of God, and he drives the enemy away. Notice it said, then the devil left him. I want to tell you today, this is how I fight my battles. It's a faith phrase. It's a rhema word. It's the word of God. I'm coming against hell. I'm coming against the enemy. I have a sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And so when the enemy comes to you and says, hey, it's time to throw in the towel. It's time to give up. It's time to stop fasting. It's time to stop praying. It's time to stop going to church. It's time to stop serving God. The rhema word is, God has been so good to me. I cannot tell it all. I didn't come this far to turn back now. Heaven is my reward. I believe in God. I believe he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Stay with me, music. I'm preaching. When the enemy comes to you and says, you know what? You've messed up too many times. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you've fallen too many times. You already made a mess of things. You failed again. You, you, you did this and you did that. The rhema word of God is where there's sin, there's more grace. I'm still breathing. I'm still living. God has forgiven me. His mercy is new every morning. There's more grace available. I'm a child of God. I'm set free. I'm forgiven. I'm saved. I'm loved. That's the rhema word of God. When the enemy says, why are you going through this sickness? Why did you allow this thing? Why did God allow this situation? Why did God allow this problem? That the rhema word that you come back with is, I believe in God. I believe he's a good God. I believe there's a finish line out there. I believe he's a rewarder of them that seek him. I've got a helmet of salvation. And so either way, I'm going to win. He's preparing a place for me. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. 
and watch the devil turn and run. Stand with me. James 4 and 7 said, if, you'll re- re- if you will just resist the devil, that he'll flee from you. I want somebody to get the victory in the house today. I believe this right here is the most important part of the service. The word is important, but really the response to the, your response to the word is most important. And so I'm going to open this altar. And I believe each and every one of you can get a victory today. I don't know what the rhema word is for you. I can't give it to you. But God can give you a rhema word right now for you. Sometimes I'll preach and somebody will come up to me and they'll say, you know, the way you said this, and I'm thinking, I didn't say that, but God said it to me. And somebody will come over to me and say, the way you said this, and I said, and I'm thinking, I didn't say that, but God said it to you. And I don't know what God is speaking to you, but I'm, I'm inviting you, I'm encouraging you to come to this altar today and pull that sword out of its holster and begin to chase off the enemy begin to run off every attack because I've withstood every attack and now I'm getting the victory from it. I said it to you last week, but it's just in my spirit. I put it in the front of your, this is how I fight my battles journal because I believe it's so powerful for, I believe this is a rhema word. I believe this is a word for our country, our world right now. So many people who have their hands up in the air like Moses, have begun to bring their hands down over all the the fight that we've been in over the last couple years. And as they lowered their arms, they begin to watch the battle shift against them. Battles that they had won for decades. Battles that they hadn't fought in years. They had a prayer life. They had joy. They had salvation. They had peace. They had love. They had righteousness. They had holiness. And all of a sudden, the battle, their arms have got weary and they're looking out and the enemy has turned the tide against them and they're running them over and all of a sudden we just got to have some Aaron and some Her and some Moses that just begin to lift up their hands one more time and give God a shout for the victory and say I'm lifting my hands again I'm lifting my voice again I'm calling on heaven again. And you'll see the enemy flee. I'm opening this altar right now. I'm opening this altar right now. I'm wondering how many would just come. Come on, step out. Don't come to just the front row there, but come all the way forward so you don't block anybody else. Come forward, come forward, come quickly. I believe there's a rhema word for you in this altar today. I believe God can speak something to you right now. I'm just going to call faith right now. I just want to call a faith right now. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus right now for everybody in this house, God. I pray that you'd give them a rhema word for the devil that they're fighting now. I pray you'd give them a rhema word for the battle they're fighting now. I pray you'd give them a rhema word for the thing they're going through right now. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody just lift up their voice. Just begin to lift up their voice. Walk me through the fire. Come on, come quickly. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.